is up world. Biali, plastic back. We back in this bitch. Another podcast for that ass. It's been about a week now since the last podcast, at least by my count, a week. Uh, the, uh, the little quick little lecture that I decided to share with you all. No, I'm, I'm tripping. It's been about... Man, I don't fucking know how long it's been. You know, I've completely fucking lost track of time at this point. Like, for, the, uh, for better or for worse, the concept of time has just basically ceased to exist for me at this point, which I'm sure is also the case for those of you all. Uh, every, any, anybody listening to this as we uh, continue to deal with this fucking quarantine at this time. I saw a pretty funny meme uh, talking about Anne Frank looking down disappointed at Leah at the re- all of us for complaining about about a, less than two months of, of quarantine when she did a strong 400 and something odd days. You know what I'm saying? But honestly, real shit, uh, the quarantine at this point, the extended amount of it has, at least in terms of time, has me questioning not only the date it is, but also the day it is. When was the last time I did anything outside of, you know, the, the usual some, uh, come here and preparing for this podcast and all that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, that's just a long-winded, ranty way of saying, what's up, dog? It's good to be back. It's good, hopefully, for those of you who are listening to have me back. I appreciate every single last motherfucking last one of you. Uh, every single time you download this shit, every single time you in- engage with this shit, especially, right? When you hit me up on the social medias. And let me know what your thoughts were on the previous podcast or another one, you know, dated back a couple of months ago, a year ago, almost. It's been, actually, it's been over a year now. You know what I'm saying? And uh, with that in mind, I actually want to start this podcast by dedicating it specifically to a gentleman by the name of Simon Barrios. He's one of the people that consistently messages me talking about the podcast. And honestly, that shit means so fucking much to me that I can't even articulate it in a way that, you know, would properly do justice to how uh, how how important it is to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, and furthermore, uh, what's even more important to it than just the vainglorious fucking, you know, uh, appeals, the sentimental appeal that it has to my ego, like the ego stroke that it is, you know what I'm saying, is actually the feedback that this gentleman does share. And um, I guess some of the thoughts on regarding to the podcast that he associates with other podcasts that he listens to as well, because in that respect, it helped me further realize just how... Um, I don't want to sound grandiose, but also definitely responsibility, how much of a responsibility it is to actually, you know, be sharing some of the information that I have been fortunate enough to share with these podcasts thus far. You know what I'm saying? Um, specifically, when it comes to this Jordan Peterson character, uh, although I haven't spoken with Simon in regards to the Jordan Peterson podcast, uh, I know specifically that there are others who have listened to it, right? And that because of that, you know, you cannot basically what I'm trying to say here is attack somebody as prominent as a Jordan Peterson character and not have your fucking ducks in order. You know what I'm saying? And that's part of the reason why I specifically wanted to dedicate this particular podcast to Simon. And that is because he makes me realize that, yo, you got to fucking tienes que poner las pilas ese. You know, it's an old Spanish saying like you got to get up and fucking be proactive about this shit. Right. Because, um, Obviously, this Jordan Peterson character, this cult of personality individual, it's very prominent. And if you don't have your fucking ducks in order, it's very easy to have any critiques that, you know, you're trying to attempt to lodge at this person readily dismissed. But the same is also true for the entirety of the podcast. As much as I love to get up here and fucking rant and rave and all that kind of shit, I hope by this point, almost 40 episodes in, you've come to acknowledge or at least uh, expect even that it is informed by a lot of actual philosophy. You know what I'm saying? But with that in mind, it's also, uh, in regards to this particular one, informed by a little bit of history, okay? And that's, uh, before I even get into this, let me actually, just a quick little uh, plug 
OG underscore ice nice 13 on the Instagram and something along the same lines of Twitter and Facebook. You can find me at in case you're, you know, interested in it. Maybe you hear some shit that I say and you agree. You don't, you don't agree. And you want to, you want to share your thoughts by all means, feel free to hit me up and follow along on this journey with me. So with that in mind, I actually want to go ahead and pick up again off where I left in my last podcast. And that is uh, discussing once more, a little bit more of this Jordan Peterson character. But instead of focusing entirely on Jordan Peterson this time around, I'm actually going to historicize it, if you will. I'm going to anchor it with a little bit of historical knowledge in order that, you know, it doesn't appear as though I'm just faultily and the rest of us as well, those of us who are critiquing Jordan Peterson, um, doing so in a way that is built off just like an ad hominem attack. And, and also doing so hopes to try to dispel a little bit of the cult of personality mythos that has grown around him because despite the fact that he's clearly the most prominent person to emerge from this ideology, the ideology that he fucking is representing is it's not new in American history. In fact, it's the continuation of a fucking tradition that basically started, uh, I would like to say around the 1970s in response to the fucking hippie movement, right? All those supposed peace loving hippies that turn out to be the fucking yuppies that bomb every single fucking country around the world to this day. Right. Um, the roots of this Jordan Peterson philosophy actually emerged in response to their initial little flower child days back in the 1960s. All right. And it really, really, really started to gain prominence uh, in like late era Reaganism through late era Reaganism. And it's not by surprise because this movement is actually predicated on conservative Christian values and the conservative Christian movements in general in the country. And for those of you who are, you know, hip onto the, the the historical game of presidencies and all that kind of shit, you'll know that it is through President Reagan where the conservative right really started to solidify its foundation in this country that we're still feeling to this day with, you know, appointees such as Donald Trump and, you know, uh, Vice President Pence and all that kind of shit, right? And um, this is kind of along the vein that Jordan Peterson is picking up here. Now, uh, before I continue with the podcast, like I actually prepared... Um, an entire, I guess I would call it a lecture. If I was preparing this for like my classroom, I would refer to it simply as a lecture. So I guess I could do so here as well. But um, it was based off of a text. Okay. And, you know, surprisingly, I didn't fucking write the name of the text down. I'll share it with you in the, in the link to the bio. As a matter of fact, just give me one quick second while I pull this bad boy up from here. All right. So the text that I'm going to be that I actually fucking went through, I'm not going to lie. I only went through fucking half of it because, well, I, the other half, the second half, it's going to be reserved for the, the, the next part of the podcast, which is going to lead a little bit into postmodernism. But just the first part alone is dedicated to essentially highlighting. It's a, it's a historical tracing of everything that it is that I'm going to be talking about today in regards to this Jordan Peterson character. So the name of the article, just in case for those of you who are interested, is called Border Pedagogy and the Politics of Modernism slash Postmodernism by Henry A. Garreau, okay? It was a text that was provided to me uh, in my PhD program. I believe it was for my critical advanced critical theory class, but it could have been for a uh, history of rhetoric class. Either way, the text itself is basically predicated on unearthing, on unveiling many of the hypocrisies, essentially, inherent with the uh, conservative push in American history, especially in terms of academia. Um, when it comes to academia, this gentleman, this Henry A. Garreau character, is uh, he's a rhetorician, okay? And that's where uh, his, this, this article is informed by. So just a quick like, just a quick crash course, essentially, 
rhetoric is it's very hard to define first and foremost kind of like philosophy in that respect uh, in fact if you ask me personally i would say that rhetoric and philosophy are intimately intertwined like intimately intertwined philosophers might beg to differ rhetoricians might beg to differ but given that i stand firmly nestled in between the two of them i can comfortably say fuck both of them if they disagree all right so um yeah this henry a garo uh, character is a rhetorician and right now in academia the general like bent towards rhetoric is towards composition, like writing studies and shit. You know what I'm saying? And because of that, uh, this particular article that I'm gonna be discussing is uh, the second half, I should say, more specifically, is focused on the ways in which you know we could work to overcome a lot of the movements, if you will, that the conservative right wing has implemented in the time of again the late 70s, uh, late Reaganism, all the way up until again now, right? So before I continue with that, let me just predicate this. I'm going to keep it 100% simple, dog. Like, I'm going to just be outright honest with y'all and state that most of y'all motherfuckers, most of these Jordan Peterson heads, dog, they're just, I don't want to say dumb. Of course, I've already mentioned this before. Like in the previous podcast, it's not fair to call them dumb, but I will definitely say fucking lazy. Okay. I would out, outright, it, I, no problems, no if, ands, or buts about it. State at, at the very least intellectually lazy because then of course you're going to get that one pull yourself up by the bootstraps fucking strapping young lad chap that's going to be like i'm not fucking lazy bro i wake up at 5 a.m every day and do 100 push-ups like okay calm the fuck down guy all right that's not the kind of laziness that i'm speaking of here i'm speaking of an intellectual laziness right and the reason i speak of intellectual laziness is because even as i was going back and rereading this article and, and, and you know in preparation for the podcast i realized just how um mentally straining the fucking article was right and it's kind of the part this is why i introduced the whole rhetoric element of it and that is because rhetoric as a study is concerned again with fucking persuasion bro and it seems as though one of the things that you don't want to be doing when you're fucking trying to persuade people of your position is to write in such a technically complex way as this fucking garo character writes this particular article so for instance, I'll share with you all a quick quote by this gentleman uh, from his textbook or rather from his article. And it's um it comes to us at the it comes to us at the at the midway juncture uh, of his article where he's done laying the historical foundation and where he moves on to the fucking um what what well his border pedagogy essentially, which by the way has nothing to do with like the border in terms of the frontera, but that's something we'll talk about in a later podcast. All right. So essentially then what I'm trying to say is that the, the challenges to uh, Jordan Peterson, they're, they're fucking lengthy. They're not few and far between, okay? In fact, if you ask me personally, one of the biggest beefs uh, or one of the biggest problems that many quote-unquote progressives and uh, leftists, I say quote-unquote because whatever the fuck you think or at least whatever the fuck we're told, a leftist and a progressive is through, uh, uh, through you know mainstream medium, that, that's not what it is, okay? Whatever the fuck those stereotypical... Uh, tropes of social justice warrior progressives are, you know, and the ensuing people that, you know, reflect them in mass media that have attempted to dismiss Jordan Peterson. The reason they're fucking up, dog, is at least one of the main reasons, right, is that they're not, they're not delivering the message in a way that is readily uh, accessible, if you will, as Jordan Peterson has to the people that he's built an entire career on, okay? Um, and this is absolutely 100% true of this article that, you know, that I was reading, but you know, to be fair, when I state the intellectual laziness, the challenge then becomes on people who, uh, you know, uh, it becomes on the individual person. Like at the end of the day, this is, you know, I guess you could state my quote unquote libertarian roots. Right. And that is that the fucking, the responsibility, the onus rests on the individual person to not only go off and research the information that counteracts whatever it is that Jordan Peterson has been saying, 
but also to fucking you know step up our mental capacities essentially our our our, our cognitive thinking skills in such a way where we are able to delve through all the various fucking you know responses to this you know i keep saying jordan peterson but at this point i hope it's clear and if not let me let me let me outwardly state it that he's just a figurehead okay he's the fucking cult of personality for a larger historical if you ask me problem in the united states of america and that is again conservative christian fundamentalism which i'll talk about here in a little bit right but before i get into that i'll just give you an example again of why it seems so fucking counterintuitive uh, for these leftists, these quote unquote progressive liberals, right, to be delivering their message in such a technical, dense, jargon filled way. And how ultimately, you know, that's, that's kind of doing a disservice to the movement, if you will, to quote unquote that as well. But, um, you know, again, the onus rests on the individual people like myself and you and anybody who is listening to this or, you know, to Jordan Peterson or to the leftists to actually engage with the material as well. So here's a quote then, just to, just to fucking get to the point, right? Uh, and the quote states that um, in, in response to introducing the border pedagogy, it states, the author, in response to the attack by the conservative right, offers an alternative by stating that rather than analyzing the complex issues of language and power against a depoliticized call to accessibility and clarity, I want to analyze the relationships that schools play in constructing specific forms of moral and political regulation. The moral and political dimensions that I have in mind are rendered visible in the question whose history story and experience prevails in the school setting in other words who speaks for whom under what conditions and for what purpose the author continues by quoting simply stated schools are deeply implicated in forms of discourse social relations and give of meaning to produce particular moral truths and values in effect, they both create and legitimate cultural differences as part of the broader project of constructing particular knowledge slash power relations and producing specific notions of citizenship. So somewhere in there, okay, is a very pointed and direct attack at everything that it is that Jordan Peterson came to represent. Now I say came to represent because this article was fucking written in the 1990s, bro. Okay. And for it to still be so prescient almost 30 years later is indicative of how, if you ask me personally, little progress we've actually made. Okay. But essentially, you know, if you listen to what Jordan Peterson's whole fucking rant and raving and critiques were about, it was about how the university specifically had, uh, had come under attack by quote unquote mar cultural Marxists, which aren't a fucking thing. Okay. Um, but he feels as though these universities were infiltrated by these cultural Marxists and that they were essentially brainwashing a, an entire generation of youth in order to, you know, have them believe ideas that were unbecoming, if you will, of Western civilization. And that's kind of what this author is introducing here, right? He's going to want to tell us that, you know, just because you critique Western civilization doesn't mean that you're trying to be a separatist. It doesn't mean that you're some fucking extremist. It just simply means that, you know, Western civilization has many fucking shortcomings still, the likes of which modernists such as Jordan Peterson simply try to dispel by appealing to, you know, fucking capitalism, which is fucking hilarious because, you know, despite the fact that, yes, capitalism may have elevated more people out of poverty in the last, you know, 100 or however many years than in the previous 10,000 years of human history, one, one need look only at the current wage disparity to realize that the fucking advances that we've made they're pretty fucking pithy and trivial at best, right? 
Uh, in fact, uh, to tie it into current events, there was a recent article published that demonstrated that the wealthy, the, the power elite, if you will, of the country, the Bill Gates and company, have made more billions in the last month and a half because of response to the coronavirus than they did in the previous 200 years or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So this idea that you know capitalism and modernism specifically is this saving grace is fucking, it's just unfounded, right? And you know what this author is stating then with this quote here is that by simply acknowledging that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're trying to fucking uh, completely trash the system that we're living in. It just basically means that this is what Jordan Peterson would have us uh, believe, right? That we're trying to undermine the quote unquote uh, underpinning uh, f- a function of Western civilization. Okay. But in reality, all we're doing is, rec- is is acknowledging the fact that, yo, like you're trying to paint this picture of everything is, everything is all good, but it's not dog shit is still fucked up. Okay. And where else are we going to be able to do this than in a public school setting, in a university and public schools themselves? You might think that this is an invasion by fucking quote unquote cultural Marxists to overthrow whatever it is ideas that you have of Western society, but it's not true. Okay. We need to examine, you know, where the foundation of these institutions rests in the first place, where they got their foundation specifically, right? How they laid the foundations, the laws that were put into practice to ensure that those uh, that those foundations would remain in place and so on. You know what I'm saying? And unless, you know, we're able or afforded the opportunity to do so, realistically speaking, no progress, and this is where the progressive shit starts to come into play, will ever truly be made, right? Now, obviously, the problem is that with that quote, dude, that shit is technically dense as fuck. Like you could you could just straight up put it in simplest terms. And that's the whole point of hood philosophy to try to do so. You know what I'm saying? But um, at the same time, the challenge rests on individual people to, you know, gain the critical thinking skills necessary to be able to decipher that shit on your own. Right. And I guess with that in mind, that's kind of one of the biggest, I think, one of the reasons why Jordan Peterson is so fucking successful, because. Again, I'm not trying to insult the intelligence of his fucking fan base or of him himself because he's not a dumb person. Actually, I take it back. It was pretty fucking stupid of him to go so unprepared, so woefully unprepared to the Slavoj Zizek lecture, which I'm going to talk about at further length in another podcast, right? But aside from that was pretty fucking stupid of him. But aside from that, like he's obviously a sharp gentleman. He's intellectually. I'm not going to fucking predicate it or preface it anymore, okay? But uh, the what I am trying to get to essentially is that let's just let's get straight to the point, dog, where most of us, myself included, as I talked about in my previous podcast, found out about Jordan Peterson. And that is on the Joe Rogan podcast. Now, let's talk a little bit about this Joe Rogan character for a second, okay? I fucking love Joe Rogan. Let's just get that much off on the... Let's just get that much out of the way to begin with, okay? I'm a fucking... I don't listen to it as much as I used to anymore, right? But for the longest time, in the early formative years of my 20s, uh, Joe Rogan podcast got me through a lot of shit, right? And um, if to try to be as kindly about this as possible. Joe Rogan is a smart motherfucker himself. Yes. But he definitely shows his lack of knowledge in technical academic shit when it comes to his open acceptance of the ideas that Jordan Peterson, uh, you know, advances and his outright dismissal, his quick dismissal of the competing ideas. And again, I'm just going to go out on a limb and state that at least from what I've listened to on the Joe Rogan podcast, that his dismissal is again predicated on nothing more than the fucking the stereotypes, the straw man of what we believe of the leftist, quote unquote, right? And the progressives are, and those are, and that is, of course, these fucking moron 
social justice warriors that we're inundated with consistently on social media and mass media as a whole. Okay. Now, uh, it's easy to dismiss this leftist uh, progressive ideology by reducing it again to its most laughable parody of itself. Okay. And in doing so, feel a sense of superiority. But in reality, again, this is this is definitely directed towards Joe Rogan, but also every other fucking person that's read Jordan Peterson and just accepts his uh, positions without question, right? Like realistically, dog, all you're doing is demonstrating your ignorance, okay? You're demonstrating your ignorance of the competing side. And, you know, when it comes to the realm of actual philosophical thinking, you'll immediately get dismissed by any by any philosopher that's worth their fucking salt, right? Uh, you'll immediately get dismissed if you're not at the very least familiar, at the very fucking least familiar with arguments from the other side. If you're not at the very least familiar with fucking, you know, the literature of the other side with the, you know, with what they, what, if you're building up essentially straw man arguments, it's a logical fallacy, man. And people like myself will not even, we, we won't even hesitate to dismiss you. It's kind of the reasons why I'm so flippant with Jordan Peterson, right? Um, so when it comes to, you know, the majority of the people like Joe Rogan, who was is so fucking quick to dismiss, uh, leftist ideology, I, I think it's important that we have to ask ourselves first, like, yeah, okay. Jordan Peterson, obviously very charismatic, you know, very good at delivering a message in a very easily digestible way. But I think it's important that we also ask ourselves, like what real leftists have we dealt with? You know what I'm saying? Like aside from, again, the fucking jokes that we're bombarded with on you know social media and mass media what actual leftists have we actually engaged with you know what i'm saying uh what actual works by leftist thinkers have we engaged with you know i mean you know there's so many of them there's henry garo characters but just one of them right and to think that jordan peterson is right simply by virtue of the fact that he's been the one on the joe rogan podcast like get the fuck out of here dog i'm telling you straight up the only leftist for the most part thinker that joe rogan has like that's intellectual let's not even say thinker at this point the actual intellectual that joe rogan has had on his podcast is fucking dr cornell west and you know it for those of you who listen to that podcast it was pretty evident that you know um despite the fact that they have similarities jordan peterson and dr cornell west that at the very least cornell west was informed of the arguments in the least fucking stereotypical way that informed Dr. Peterson's, right? So, you know, when it comes to us, particularly as people who digest things such as the Joe Rogan podcast and mass media that tells us just simple, and by the way, this works for both sides, okay, for left and right. But um, to assume that we're correct because the outlet that we got our information from, you know, is it's, it's a little bit of a confirmation bias. You know, it's, it's saying that confirmation bias here that we're essentially looking, if you will, to for beliefs that justify our own beliefs, but for you know that we're looking to justify further our own beliefs only by cherry picking ideas that already you know don't challenge our beliefs. So essentially, what it's asking us to do then is to fucking move beyond these confirmation biases that we have, this idea, this tendency that we have as individuals to only seek out the opinion of people who already believe as we do, to only fucking cherry pick information that will justify the the, the pre-established beliefs that we already have. Like, nah, dog, just because you're getting some shit from, you know, your preferred news outlet or your preferred media outlet in general, even mine, bro, like straight up, even fucking mine, mine's no exception, right? It doesn't mean that you and I are correct. It just means that at best, we found people that relate to the ideas that we hold, okay? Which again, is very postmodern thought in general, something that Jordan Peterson would outright dismiss 
contradictory to the fact that it's actually in his benefit, right? But it's postmodern in the sense that it's going to challenge the idea of any sort of truth, any absolute truth in the first place. And in doing so, going to question shit like the narrative of this Western European uh, triumphant march towards history or the end thereof that Jordan Peterson is an embodiment of. Nah, dog. Like, what we have to do is, you know, it's going to challenge us essentially to do something that even fucking Dr. Jordan Peterson didn't do. And that is to read, yo. Like, straight up read. How do I know Jordan Peterson didn't read? There's an entire fucking two hour uh, broadcast between him and Zizek that'll tell you exactly that very fact, right? I didn't read. I just, you know, I've read the Communist Manifesto, but aside from that, I'm not familiar with Marxist literature. Well, that's unfortunate for you, Dr. Peterson, because it's actually a very fucking rich tradition that has a lot of information that moves beyond the simple fucking, they're not simple, right? But it moves far beyond the ideas that were introduced in the fucking Communist Manifesto, okay? And if that's what we're basing our opinion off of, especially Jordan Peterson, if we're basing our opinion off Jordan Peterson, who is admittedly ill-informed, like we're not necessarily doing ourselves a favor, especially if our idea is to gain a broader understanding of fucking reality. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, again, this is why Jordan Peterson got pantsed by Zizek. And this is why most actual philosophers, we don't fucking take Jordan Peterson seriously, dog. He's essentially just a front, okay? Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, like, and the rest of the clowns that have only dealt with his minions, the minions here being, I should say, not Joe Rogan, the clown, or not Jordan Peterson, the clown, but the clowns here are the fucking leftist liberals, honestly, right? These are the clowns. You've only, you've never dealt, many, many of us have never dealt with actual fucking leftist thinkers and leftist intellectuals. We've only dealt with their fucking minions. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's easy to dismiss these fucking clowns because they're, again, they're fucking walking stereotypes, dog. Uh, these little social justice warriors who have done a complete disgrace, in my humble opinion, to what it means to be a fucking leftist and a progressive. You know what I'm saying? Like they're easy to dismiss because most of them lack. They're they're guilty of the same thing. You know, they they maybe they've read a lot of theory, but they still, in thinking of this theory, in reading much of this theory, they don't really sharpen the critical thinking skills that are gleaned in you know fields like philosophy. And this is where to, you know, Dr. Peterson's credit and, you know, people like him, I will give him the credit in that respect. Like, yeah, in many ways, academia, it's just, this is beyond the liberal arts, dog. This is, this extends far beyond the liberal arts. It was actually a pretty interesting article that was talking about how Harvard itself has started to lower its standards for what it takes to get an A. You know what I'm saying? Like students are still getting A's in Harvard, but the, 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 the quantity or the quality rather of the work necessary to achieve an A is nowhere near the same level as it was 50 years ago. And all this has been done in an effort to appease, you know, the people who are either A, expecting A's because they're fucking, you know, entitled or B, because of the astronomically high tuition that they fucking paid just to get in that bitch. You know what I'm saying? So in that respect, like, yeah, dog, the lack of critical thinking skills, that's not something that is, you know, uh, it's not, it's not just something that occurs in the liberal arts departments. Okay. Outside of many, you know, even I would, I would venture to say even in STEM fields, dog, like I've met, you know, it's a, it's a common trope specifically about engineers, for instance, who are so numbers oriented that to think about things in a non-rational manner or in a way that doesn't involve cold calculating facts, it's very difficult for them. You know what I'm saying? Conversely, for liberal arts majors, it's very difficult to think of ways in a very cold, calculated, rational manner. So what I'm trying to say here is that this is just, this is not indicative of a, of a particular group of people, such as social justice warriors, so much as it is an overall failure in our in our educational learning facilities. That's that's basically what it boils down to. Okay, so yeah, it's easy for you know Dr. Peterson and Joe Rogan 
to dismiss these fucking clowns, to dismiss these minions because they don't, they have a shitload of theory, but they don't have the critical thinking skills necessary to fucking sift through the irrationalities of much of these theories. You know what I'm saying? And that's where the real kings and queens who are running this shit, like fucking, you know, Zizek or Dr. West again, that's when they, that's when they really start to fucking separate themselves, if you will, and start to reveal just how fucking powerful much of the ideology is, right? So, um, Specifically, if you ask me personally, I mean, I, I obviously because this is the world that I operate in, I kind of already knew a little bit of you know where Jordan Peterson's ideology was coming from. But as I stated before, he's doing nothing more than continuing this long-standing tradition in this country, which in various conservative groups have attempted, and that is that where various uh, conservative groups rather have attempted to you know, uh, uh, I guess, combat, if you will the various progressive social movements that constitute what we're going to refer to as the quote unquote new politics of cultural differences. Right. Um, now again, I know a lot of shit gets talked about how the left is trying to change public schools, but you know, to be fair, the same is absolutely true of the right as well. And you know, just because schools historically were built off this idea of this myth specifically of cultural superiority, namely European, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that it's right. It just means that they're the ones that fucking built it and that now we're at a point where we're going to critique it and try to change it to be more inclusive, right? These public schools are not zones, if you will, that are, you know, culturally invisible. They're, they, they become, of course, they're going to come into focus under radical shifts in, you know, cultural demographics as the United States is slowly becoming, right? And again, this started in the 1960s when people really began to focus on the differences that, you know, to what we refer to as the hegemonic norm of whiteness. Like it wasn't just white people anymore who were dictating what it is that culturally was valuable. It was people from all sorts of different backgrounds who were sorting who were starting to be admitted into the, you know, into the public sphere and get to, you know, explain ways in which they disagree with this cultural norm. And this is where we first get this Dr. Cornell West character, man. Obviously uh, a black man living in the United States of America, right? And specifically, he's the one that highlights for us, if you will, what the new politics of cultural difference are, right? And its main focus, at least according to Dr. West, was, and again, I'm just going to apologize now for the technically verbose jargon. I'll try my best to break it down for you all afterwards. But to quote Dr. Cornell West, the goal of these fucking new politics was to trash the monolithic and homogenous in the name of diversity multiplicity and heterogeneity to reject the abstract general and universal in light of the concrete specific and particular and most importantly to emphasis mind the most importantly historicize contextualize and pluralize by highlighting the contingent provisional tentative shifting and changing Cornell West continues by stating that what makes these gestures novel is how and what constitutes difference, the weight and gravity in it is given in representation, and the way in which highlighting issues like extremism, empire, class, race, gender, sexual orientation, nation, nurture, or nature rather, and region at its historical moment acknowledges some of the discontinuity and disruption from previous forms of cultural critique. I love fucking Dr. Cornell West, but come on, dog. Could you be any more fucking confusing with your language, bro? Just say straight the fuck up. Yo, 
this cultural fucking this you know white people dog like what the fuck y'all don't run it you don't you might think that you run shit but you don't you never you never did bro like this idea that we're marching under the banner of european history is fucking nonsense okay and the only reason you were ever able to get away with it in the first place is because you controlled essentially the narrative for so long but with the continued emergence of technology and mass media like this is constantly being fucking under attack and by poking holes if you will in this narrative that doesn't make us fucking anti-American. It doesn't make us extremist. It makes you fucking stupid for thinking that you're just going to get, you're going to float on by thinking that everything is all good when it hasn't been good. Like you fucking built this empire at the expense of many people that aren't included into the benefits that you fucking enjoy. And if you think that we're just going to fucking sit here and allow you uh, to continue building your country, your fucking ontology, the way you view the reality of the world off of our backs, you fucking stupid, dog. You know what I'm saying? And by us challenging that, it doesn't make us fucking dissenters. It makes it all part of the dialectical process towards hopefully, you know, arriving, if you will, at a better understanding of what it means to be a human being and a better, you know, just more just society that is actually beneficial to the overall aims of freedom and justice that this country is allegedly built upon. You know what I'm saying? But of course, conservative people don't fucking hear this, dog. They don't fucking hear this. They never did. They still don't to this day, right? And in response, they have, I mean, again, this article is written in the fucking 1990s, yo. So historicize it in that respect. You know what I'm saying? But they started to wage a full, a full tilt cultural attack, if you will, over issues ranging from everything, uh, including the funding of bilingual education and the National Endowment for the Arts to outright fucking ideological attacks, yo, waged in all of the prominent media against you know proponents of multiculturalism civil rights and affirmative action one of the biggest gripes right i don't it's just look man i'm trying to, I'm, I'm not going to be fucking nice about it fucking bitch ass complaining that christian people do and conservative people do as well it's not an attack on christianity dog it's not an attack on fucking conservative christian values it's not a war against you people we just don't want to fucking live under your culturally oppressive fucking thumb anymore you know what i'm saying and your response has historically been at least now in, in recent history is that you know you think that because we don't want to live under your fucking your your oppressive culturally thumb anymore that it's indicative of some sort of attack on you it's not dog we're not i mean maybe you are getting so censored on social media i'm not going to go so far as to say that you're not but it's not because maybe maybe it is but let me let me be very parsimonious with my language here maybe it's because there is a fucking you know, uh, a concerted effort to silence, if you will, conservative uh, voices. But maybe that fucking effort is informed by this understanding that, yo, historically speaking, it is the fucking conservative right that has been the oppressors. And if anything, you're just demonstrating the fact that you don't like oppression in yourself. The oppression here being the suppression of conservative voices. Let's not get too carried away. You know what I'm saying? So despite that, like it's even if you are being, you know, shadow band if you will on twitter or fucking instagram historically speaking dog you've had control of the entire narrative you know what i'm saying like historical all the textbooks written up until still to this day yeah it's not a fucking sugarcoat it you you've controlled that conservative christians in america have controlled that narrative you've controlled most of the fucking media even the media that doesn't agree with you you fucking control that shit as well you know what i'm saying so miss me with all this bitch ass whining and complaining about how you're being silenced because you're fucking not dog and this is exactly where this Jordan Peterson starts to come into fucking play, 
right? It's not an attack again on fucking male, on the male. Get the fuck out of here, dog. It's a recognition that whatever the idea is of a male that you had, that was just one of many, yo, okay? This clown and others like him believe faultily that their position is the correct one. And of course, they're going to seek to conserve it because it's in their vested, vested interest to do so. But nah, dog, that's wrong. Everything is up to question, including tradition. This is a hallmark of philosophical thinking. The law or tradition are not immune from moral criticism, bro. Just because something is, you know, quote unquote, right now doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. Doesn't mean that it always will be the case. Like, just consider the element of slavery, for instance, to realize how absurd such a position truly is, right? So, uh, just to further uh, historicize this a little bit, we get to, you know, the last era, if you will, uh, or the last decade of the Reagan era, where various sections of the right, including the fundamentalist, and this is where I mentioned earlier how I'd explain it, fundamentalists are essentially what are defined as anti-obscenity and anti-abortion people, right? But you also get the nationalists, and those people are generally defined by anti-flag burners and English-only advocates, okay? And then, of course, you get the political conservatives who are anti-affirmative action and anti-civil rights, okay? And these people, they turned their attention to uh, to mobilize a populist campaign against what they alleged is a crisis of authority, okay? A crisis of power, identity, and again, the values of American culture in an attempt to undermine much of the cultural progress that was being made by the fucking progressives. So again, if the Jordan Peterson connection hasn't already been made clear, like this is essentially, this is what he's talking about, man. His ideas are not new. He is contributing to a long-standing tradition in this country of fucking bitch-ass complaining people who are upset that their power structure, essentially their 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 control on you know cultural hegemony, is being challenged. Like, nah, dog. Just because you know, again, you were the quote-unquote victors of history doesn't mean that you're gonna control the narrative forever. Like, it's starting to change. It started way back then, and it's only amplified since, right? And this is where that sneak tip shit that I always allege to or rather refer to starts to come into play because, you know, they're not going to outwardly state it, but inherent in the backlash obviously is some sort of an alarm to the challenges that groups like, you know, those that I identify with, those that many minority quote unquote groups identify with, right? They're, it, it, they're not going to acknowledge it, the conservative fundamentalist group, but it's obviously if they're mobilizing because they feel somewhat alarmed by, you know, the challenges that these groups pose to the authority of academic canons, for instance. And by academic canons, we mean like, yo, you know, uh, when you speak, when you teach rather Mexican-American studies as an elective, that's not academic canon. That's just, okay, here you go. We'll include you so you'll shut the fuck up, right? academic canon is assuming that whatever the fuck white people invented uh, through philosophy in ancient Greece and the ensuing tradition, that that's the de facto norm and that it can't be questioned like, no, nah, dog, that's get the fuck out of here. That's just a matter of contingency. You know what I mean? So what I mean by challenging the academic canon is wherever you step foot into a, uh, into a Western university, academic canon is European philosophy. And when you start to question that, these people obviously are going to get up in their feelings, okay? At the alleged superiority of the Western tradition in general. Okay, but more importantly, by this refusal to acknowledge the ethnic, the racial, and the gendered—the fact that I should say specifically—that ethnic, racial, and gendered relations play a role in development, in the development, I apologize, and the perpetuation of these existing power structures, right? Specifically, the social those that dictate our social relations. All right, 
So um, essentially what that means is these fucking conservatives are mad because they can't control a narrative and tell us again what the fuck to do with our lives. All right. So in response, then these conservatives are going to launch this fucking they did. They did launch rather this mass based cultural offensive in order to radically change the public opinion and taste. Now, this idea of radical change of the public opinion and taste is going to be one that I'm really fucking looking forward to discussing as these uh, podcast episodes progress. Right. Because again, I never, I never really, I'm going to be honest with you, dog. When I got into the fucking rhetoric program, I didn't really know what the fuck I was getting into. I just wanted a PhD at this point. Right. And I wasn't, I wasn't in a position at the time where I could leave El Paso because of some shit that was happening in my own personal life. Right. Uh, to uh, attain a PhD from a philosophy program. And in retrospect, it's probably the best fucking thing that ever happened to me because it was the rhetoric program that revealed to me, or at least not revealed to me, but it gave me the language necessary to articulate many of the fucking beefs that I had with philosophy up until that point, namely all the way through my master's degree. And that is like, yo, these people, it's its a matter of contingency. There's so many more philosophies out there. Like, why are we being brainwashed by just this one? Okay. And this is where people like myself, obviously, we pose an affront to the conservatives who want to maintain the cultural norm as it's been, right? Now, uh, and, and to further uh, clarify this historical movement, when it started again in the, in the late Reagan era, uh, they did this in two forms, right? And the first was focused on both the popular and quote-unquote high cultures, right? Um, the manipulation of mass media, essentially, and this is where that whole stumbling backwards into fucking the PhD program and rhetoric starts to come into play. You start to realize like, yo... Conservative people have just as much access to, you know, mass media, social media as liberal people. And both of them, you're fucking deceiving yourself or deluded otherwise to think that they're not using it to manipulate and shape public opinion. The example that I was talking about earlier was of Edward Bernays. There's a really great quote in his book that states, um, let's see if I have it ready on hand. No, it's probably like around here somewhere. It's right here. The progressive politics and the training of the American persuaders. Uh, it introduces to us Edward Bernays, who, for those of you who aren't aware, is the, considered the father of modern advertising. Uh, and what's even more uh, interesting about this Bernays character is that he's also the nephew of Sigmund Freud. So essentially what he did is he took Freudian psychoanalytical principles and applied it to modern advertising, right? So uh, in this particular respect, we're deceiving ourselves if we don't think that conservatives and liberals alike are utilizing mass media in such a way to try to, you know, sway and inform public opinion. The quote by Edward Bernays itself is uh, the intelligent and conscious manipulation of damn public information. I can't think of it off the top of my head. I apologize. But uh, it states essentially that you'd be a fucking idiot to think that your informs and your taste and your opinions aren't being shaped, manipulated, informed by an invisible hand that constitutes the ruling class of this country. Okay. Um, and that's basically what's happening here in this historical movement. We see these conservatives who you know they're take they're 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 protesting against pornography they're protesting against screenings of films such as the last temptation of christ right and on top of all of this they're trying to censor fucking pop rock and especially rap artists right a little historical hip hop pedagogy here nwa this is this is this is the pinnacle of what we're talking about here you know what i'm saying the censorship stickers on the bottom of music labels this is what we're talking about here like these conservatives they like to fancy themselves as these fucking victims but they're not dog they have very powerful fucking influences and they have people in fucking high places you know 
we're talking about fucking politicians here that, you know, in the Reagan era, but still to this day, were, you know, seeking to cut funding to artwork that they considered indecent, right? And artwork that they considered offensive uh, on the grounds of it, you know, containing homosexual themes throughout the work, on the grounds of it containing Marxist, communist themes throughout the work. You know what I'm saying? And while most of us may initially feel as though correct in, they, they are correct in doing so, the reality is it's probably because, because we've been programmed by them to feel this way. I mean, think about it. This is exactly what we're talking about when you say that the schools are a battleground, bro. And as, as it stands now, the schools, they basically teach conservatism fucking from K through 12, okay? And um, if you challenge that and you replace it instead with a more liberalism, you won't get people who are so immediate, who are so quick to fucking feel as though uh, our senators and our governors are correct in challenging ideas that essentially, you know, uh, that don't hold as holy uh, any uh, of the prog- uh, of the conservative tradition. You know what I'm saying? I'm speaking specifically here of a, uh, of, a, of a piece of art that was referred to as Piss Christ. Piss Christ, yes. And uh, the artwork itself was basically a cross in a jar of piss. It's not the greatest fucking piece of art, right? But very fucking, very transgressive, if you will, to Christian values. And these, you know, politicians were so up in arms because they considered it to have homosexual, offensive, uh, satanic themes throughout it, right? And on the grounds of this, they're seeking to fucking censor it, essentially, right? Now, how how it relates to the public schools is simple. You start to realize how these fucking public educational learning facilities, it's basically a political and pedagogical battleground, okay, that, you know, gets to determine the values and the norms that influence the students like you and I that are filtered through these fucking institutions, okay? And if you're able to control it at that such of a young age, chances are you're going to impress these ideas on people and that they're going to remain with these ideas unreflectively in many instances for the rest of their life. That's why I state that uh, at first reading, it might sound as though this fucking politician is correct because how the fuck dare somebody put a crucifix in a, in, in a jar full of piss, right? Well, what the fuck? Who cares about a crucifix? Like the crucifix ain't important to people like myself. And who cares if you put it in a jar of piss? It's essentially akin to me and others as putting a fucking pen in a jar and a piss, right? A crucifix don't mean shit to us, right? Um, but that's because, you know, like me personally, I have taken a, I'm not trying to put myself on a fucking high horse here, but it's true. Like I have taken a moment to de-socialize, if you will, with the cultural values that I was, uh, you know, uh, brainwashed with and, you know, realize that, yo man, Christianity, like it ain't nothing, dog. It's just one of 5,000 plus religions. The only reason that it's so valuable in this society is because it's from a young age instilled on us that it's so important when in reality, it's fucking nothing, yo. So uh, if you introduce this kind of ideology into a public school, you start to realize how the uh, the overall power structure that you know the conservatives have built for themselves is starting to become threatened because obviously at the foundation of this power structure is a belief in Christianity. You know what I'm saying? So that's where the ideas of the of the public schools being a battleground and universities by proxy to specifically speak to Jordan Peterson start to really, really become of importance, right? And because of that, it's it's, you know, it should be no surprise then that the second wave of the attack by these conservative groups in the late Reagan era uh, was a full tilt, full tilt rather, cultural offensive on higher education and public schooling. Okay, uh, this attack 
prominently manifested itself, if you will, in these endless diatribes against so-called evils of political correction, of political correctness, rather, and multiculturalism. So, <clears throat> Jordan Peterson, yeah, you following me, right? The idea here is that, actually, before I get into that, let's, you know, actually, no, 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 let's, let, let's cut through this part real quick, and we'll just state that, yeah, like, again, these people like to complain about being censored, but yo, these conservative ideas, they were published in major academic journals and popular magazines, such as the Parisian Review, the fucking The New Republic, Newsweek, The New York Book of Reviews, Forbes, and many, many other countless newspapers across the country, bro. And many of these articles ran titles like The Chilling Intellectual Life, The New Orthodoxy, Thought Police, and then, of course, The Cult of Multiculturalism. Again, this is Jordan Peterson cat. It's not fucking new, dog, right? And a common critique in all of these works could basically be summarized by this, you know, idea that the academy is under siege by leftists, multiculturalists, and deconstructionists, and other radicals who are populizing the university and threatening to undermine the very foundations of the Western intellectual tradition. Again, these people are shook, bro, because they realize that their fucking ultimate grap- grasp on power, rather, is under attack, and fucking rightfully so, bro, right? Uh, these radicals, quote unquote, the theory goes, are what they refer to as the left, that the left wing graduates, the left wing graduates of the '60s who sneaked into tenured positions in the 1990s and are now promoting an agenda of cultural relativism, and that armed with affirmative action admissions, basically saying that the only reason we got into the college and university in the first place and why we got the jobs following is because we fucking the color of our skin, like they're, they're reducing, our, you know, our intellectual capacities, right? By saying that the only reason we got in this bitch was because of affirmative action and that we were informed by French literary theories and that we use this, you know, in a politically correct attempt to transverse and transform the university into nothing more than a quote unquote den of multiculturalism and silencing anyone who dares dissent as a racist, sexist, or anti-deconstructionist. Like, yeah, dog, that's pretty much fucking spot on, except for the fact that you reduced us in every single way. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to these conservative pundits, essentially, the idea becomes that, you know, they're essentially trying to reduce us to these fucking leftist radicals in higher education that are, you know, trying to subvert some sort of pre-established order. But what they fail to realize is there was no pre-established order aside from that, aside from that which, you know, they culturally imposed, which obviously, again, just to further fucking reiterate and start to wind down this bitch, only further strengthens their own position. I can't believe how quickly uh, an hour goes by, right? I'm only halfway done with this, but that's fine because I can always come back and continue it at some other time, okay? So yeah, um, an hour again, it goes by so fucking quickly and rather than try to get through all this fucking material that I had prepared, um, I think it's probably at now is a good, as good a point as any to go ahead and draw this bitch to an end. I promise not to overwhelm you with fucking Jordan Peterson fatigue. In fact, the only reason I'm back on this Jordan Peterson fucking wagon is because now that he's been released from rehab, he's in the process of writing a new book, okay? And it's not I'm not trying to write coattails. I'm not a fucking clout chaser. But more, the more important thing to get from this is that it's, imp- it's important to challenge his ideas, especially on the heels of where we stand as a country. Like it's obvious for those of us who are paying attention to the current political atmosphere that we're about to enter into a second term of a Trump presidency, barring some complete unforeseen fucking 
radical change in American life, like a complete fucking overthrow of the government and a complete coup by the Democratic Party to seize power, right? It's pretty fucking clear that Donald Trump's going to be the president yet again, right? Stranger things can't happen, of course. That's fucking how we ended up with a Trump presidency in the first place. But as it stands now, there's just no fucking way that Biden is going, in my opinion, to overtake Donald Trump, right? And by the way, actually, before I draw this bitch to an end, let me be very clear about this. This whole idea about vote blue no matter who, fuck all that idea, okay? The um, People are going to try to guilt us and shame us into believing that it's our fault that uh, Biden won the, or that Trump won the presidency because we didn't vote for Biden. Man, fuck that Democratic coercion nonsense. It didn't work the first time around with Hillary, and it's not going to work this time around with Biden. Yes, it's going to suck because it's going to entail that Trump is going to be able to appoint nearly all of the Supreme Court, essentially. Okay, but what we need to start doing, this is where this border pedagogy that I will introduce with the second part of this uh, uh, podcast, or I guess third part at this point, comes into play. And it starts to realize that, nah, that we need to refract this fucking, this, this, uh, this terrible idea that, uh, uh, that, you know, that it from this bottom up, from this bottom or top down rather idea. And the top-down idea here being the Democratic Party gets to fucking control the narrative. I'm like, nah, man, fuck you, dog. Biden is not going to lose the presidency because of people like myself who refuse to vote for fucking Biden. Biden is going to lose the presidency because the Democratic Party hijacked yet again another fucking election and is trying to force feed us and trying to coerce us into voting for a candidate that we just do not want. And it's going to have fucking catastrophic effects on, you know, many, many fucking minority groups around the country, around the world, realistically. But the onus and the responsibility for that fact does not rest on the individual voting citizen. That onus and responsibility rests entirely for the Democratic on the Democratic Party for fucking stealing yet another election and trying to fucking co-opt us and coerce us into voting for a candidate that we do not fucking want. We're tired of this fucking bullshit ass controlled narrative by the media that gets to determine who the fucking presidential campaign candidates are. And the catastrophic results that ensue from a fucking failed Democratic uh, uh, presidential election is not going to be on the individual person, but will only fucking be on the Democratic Party itself. The fucking corrupt organization that has once again completely disregarded the will of the American people, dog. Right? So, yeah, we'll get into that. That's how this whole border pedagogy shit uh, that this... Well, it's not just this guy. Let's not give him too much fucking credit. Like, calm the fuck down, guy. You got some dope ideas, but... These ideas are not limited. Fuck that cult, of, uh, that cult of personality shit, right? But like I said, we'll go ahead and hold off on these uh, 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 ideas further for another podcast. In the meantime, I hope I didn't uh, necessarily or sufficiently fucking bludgeon you to death with fucking too much technical parlance. And if you're still listening at this point, I really do appreciate you sticking around. Um, and yeah, I hope you all have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Peace.